In his campaign for president, Joe Biden promised Americans beleaguered by the pandemic that help was on the way. Even before his inauguration on January 20th, Biden said he wanted Congress to pass an additional $1.9 trillion in relief, with billions for states and localities, vaccine distribution, schools. It would include an additional $400 a week in unemployment benefits, paid leave for parents who need to take time off to care for children, and a tax credit of at least $3,000 per child. And it would provide a third round of checks to most Americans bigger than the previous two, this time for $1,400. This all comes just a month after Congress passed a $900 billion relief bill with $600 checks, and less than a year since the $2 trillion CARES Act sent out $1,200 ones. As a result, Republicans, who hold 50 Senate seats, are complaining that Democrats are going to balloon further the national debt. It's raised the prospect that Democrats may take extraordinary measures to see Biden's program enacted. My colleague Paul Krawczak has reported on Democrats' planned budget blitz, and he's here to tell us what the future might hold for COVID relief on this episode of CQ Future. Hey, Paul, welcome to our show. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you. So, Paul, as I mentioned, Congress just passed in December a $900 billion relief bill. Last year in total, it borrowed over $3 trillion to fight the coronavirus. Why does President Biden want to do more right now? Well, when um, Congress passed that bill last year, uh, President Biden said, it was just a down payment. Um, he supported it, but he said it's just a down payment. Um, a lot more needs to be done um, to support uh, individuals, uh, to support businesses, and so on. And as a matter of fact, um, last year, uh, Democrats were pushing for much more aid uh, than Republicans were. Um, trillions, trillions of dollars. They ended up compromising on this bill in December that was a little under $1 trillion, but, but Democrats have consistently wanted more aid, as has President Biden. Now, Republicans are still going to hold a lot of power in the coming year because they have 50 senators. Half of the senators are Republicans. Kamala Harris, the uh, vice president, will be able to break ties. But usually, Senate votes require 60 senators to agree to break the filibuster on anything of even the most minor controversy. So how can they pass this $1.9 trillion bill? They're going to try to pass it through budget reconciliation. Um, that is a process um, that allows um, legislation to be passed in the Senate with a simple majority, 51 votes, as long as that legislation is budget or tax related or both, um, they can also raise the debt limit uh, through reconciliation legislation. The thing about reconciliation is it has very complicated uh, rules and restrictions, um, particularly in the Senate. In the Senate, there's something called the Bird Rule, which is a law um, named after the late Senator uh, Robert Byrd. And um, 
Uh, under this rule, legislation has to produce a change in spending or a change in revenue. Um, another rule is that the legislation um, can't simply be incidental to its budgetary impact. Um, in other words, uh, most people think that um, that the minimum wage could not be raised through reconciliation because even though the minimum wage might have a very tiny effect on the federal budget, its its main purpose is outside of having an effect on the budget. Right, and that that's an important point, Paul, because one of the provisions in Biden's plan would raise the national minimum wage, which is now $7.25 an hour, although some states have, have their own minimum wages that are higher. Um, he would raise the national wage to $15 an hour. And you reported earlier this week that uh, there were going to be big problems with the Bird Rule for this $1.9 trillion bill, and that about half of it might fall off. The minimum wage proposal, funding for vaccines, funding for schools, which would normally be considered discretionary funding. And those aren't allowed, typically, in reconciliation bills. But you followed up now. You have a new piece out, which says Democrats have a new plan, which might allow them to do a lot more. And can you explain? Yes. Um, as, as you mentioned, um, discretionary spending, and, and that's the spending that we typically think of um, as government spending. That's, that's defense spending, that's, you know, a- energy programs, and that, you know, that's education and, you know, the Department of Commerce and so on. Most of what we think of as government spending is discretionary spending. Which is, uh, apart from things like Social Security, which are, you know, they have to, it's, it's written in law that they have to, you know, send out the checks every month, and it's mandatory. That's right. That's right. So a big part of government spending is mandatory. Um, uh, Medicare, Medicaid are some other examples, unemployment insurance. Um, But reconciliation bills typically have not been able to have discretionary spending in them. Um, Now, there have been a few instances where reconciliation bills have had some discretionary spending, but but in general, there has been the belief that you can only have mandatory spending or taxes in reconciliation bills. So a really big thing that Democrats are looking at doing is they think that they can put spending that in the past has been considered discretionary spending. And an example of that would be uh, you know, money for vaccines, money for testing and tracing. They think that that kind of money that has been discretionary in the past can be put into the reconciliation bill, but it will be written as mandatory spending. That sounds like a sleight of hand, Paul. Well, it's, um, again, there is some limited precedent for it. Um, Ultimately, it, it will come down to a call made by the Senate parliamentarian. The Senate parliamentarian interprets, uh, the, the laws, uh, the precedents of the Senate, the rules of the Senate, these are very complicated. And, and usually um, the, the presiding officer in the Senate, who could be the vice president, vice president of the United States, uh, usually takes the advice of the parliamentarian whenever there's a question like this. So, so we'll have to wait to see what the parliamentarian says about this. but. 
but there are budget analysts who who believe that uh, that this could be done, but it's never been done on any kind of a large scale. And so, you know, as you mentioned before, about half of Biden's 1.9 trillion bill, about half of that is discretionary money. So, um, under sort of previous practice, uh, they could only pass maybe about half of this through reconciliation, but. But if they can rebrand discretionary dollars as mandatory dollars, they might be able to pass almost all of it through reconciliation. Now, you raised the prospect in your reporting. Um, you were told that Democrats were considering what to do if the parliamentarian says they can't include this funding in a reconciliation bill, that they could overrule the parliamentarian. How would that work and how big a deal would that be? This is a very controversial idea. Now, um, incoming Senate Budget Chairman Bernie Sanders has talked about this in the past, um, and he believes that this can be done and should be done if necessary. And there are some other Democrats who agree with him. But I would say, I mean, most, most people, Republicans and Democrats, are very skeptical of this idea. Um, I mean, this would really set a precedent. Again, the way it works now is if you've got reconciliation legislation um, and something in it um, violates the bird rule or a senator thinks it violates the bird rule, the senator raises a point of order and says this violates the bird rule. And then the presiding officer of the Senate asks the parliamentarian, does this, does this violate the bird rule? And let's say the parliamentarian says, uh, yes, it, it violates the bird rule. Then the presiding officer uh, rules that it violates the bird rule um, and it's struck. Um, but, but if you start a practice where the presiding officer of the Senate can just overrule the parliamentarian because he or she disagrees with the parliamentarian, um, then where does that lead you? I mean, um, I mean that could lead you to a place where the parliamentarian doesn't matter anymore, um, the the bird rule doesn't matter anymore, the rules and the precedents don't matter anymore. It's just about who has control of the Senate. So I mean, so that's one view. That that is that is a view of. Of, of a lot of people who, who think this would be a bad idea. Now, Sanders argues that we're in an unprecedented crisis. If Republicans are going to stand in the way, Democrats can justify that sort of action. But I wonder if there are others in the caucus who recall, you know, it was, it was uh, in 2013 that then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, Democrat of Nevada, was frustrated that Republicans were blocking Barack Obama's judicial appointees. And he moved to change the rule that required 60 votes for those nominees to be confirmed. And it allowed uh, the Democrats to confirm a lot of judges that year um, and in 2014. But in 2014, Republicans won the Senate. And two years later, Donald Trump was elected president. And he used that same rule change to confirm three Supreme Court justices and a couple hundred judicial nominees during his four years in office, including a lot on the federal appeals courts. Um, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, said Democrats were going to rue the day 
And I think a lot of people think they probably did. I mean, could Democrats rue the day if they change the rules regarding the reconciliation process? Yes, yes, because at some point, the Senate will be controlled by Republicans again. And um, if this kind of change is made, typically these changes are not reversed. Um, and, you know, the, um, the, the confirmation number for, for judges and for appointees, which you just mentioned, is an example. Republicans did not reverse this. They, they actually expanded this by increasing it to Supreme Court justices. So, yeah, so this is, um, uh, you know, whatever is, if new precedents are set here, they are likely to survive under um, a different party's control. Now, Americans are going to look at that Biden proposal, the $1.9 trillion relief proposal, and find a lot that they like in there. It would include another round of checks, $1,400. It would include another plus up in unemployment benefits, $400 a week for those who've lost their jobs. And they're going to, if the Democrats are having trouble proceeding with that, they're going to wonder, is there some way that this can happen without the kind of big changes to the reconciliation process? Um, you know, can you foresee anything else out there? Could the Democrats take bits and pieces of this and find enough Republican support to get it through under normal rules? Yes. Uh, so, you know, and, you know, President Biden has said that he would like to work with Republicans on this and get Republican support and not even have to use reconciliation for this. Um, and, you know, and Democrats are open to not necessarily using reconciliation, but they are going to start this, this process of adopting a budget resolution with reconciliation instructions. They're going to start this very soon because they want to have this in their back pocket if they don't get Republican cooperation. But, you know, you, you could end up with 10 Republicans in the Senate who would support um, a part of the Biden plan. Um, and so, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, it's possible that you could pass a part of the Biden plan with bipartisan support in the Senate, and then you could do much of the rest of it through reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, there was certainly significant Republican support for increasing the $600 checks that went out in December to $2,000. Senator Josh Hawley was a champion of that. For example, the, the Republican from Missouri, um, Paul, Let's say that they make these big changes to the reconciliation process. They could immediately use it a second time, right? I mean, reconciliation is something that can be done once per year. So the COVID relief would be 2021. What are Democrats thinking about for 2022? Yeah, that's right. So 2022 starts next October. The fiscal year, the beginning of the fiscal year. That's right, October 1st. And... So yes, so Democrats are definitely planning to use reconciliation for fiscal 22, um, and they would plan to pivot to that, um, uh, you know, as soon as they pass the the Biden rescue plan. Um, and they would use that for really even bigger things. Um, uh, they would like to use that for infrastructure development, um, for for a climate change agenda, um, uh, perhaps for some um, uh, increasing um, healthcare coverage um, and some other really big things like that. All right, Paul. Uh, Thank you for this update. We appreciate it. And our listeners can find your work at rollcall.com. 
and thank you. That's all for this episode of CQ Future. You can find all our podcasts at rollcall.com or your favorite podcast app. For all of us at CQ Roll Call, I'm Sean Zeller.